So you already know my curiosity got the better of me if I'm making this review for season three. So we haven't come this far in the series to be all cute and cuddly and non-spoilery. So if you haven't seen on my block or my reviews for the show, please leave now or forever hold your peace. That being said, I'll get the rating over and done with so I can address the many issues I'm having with this season. I give season three a score of five out of 10. Yeah, you can see the score is progressively getting worse. You know why? Because the writers, the showrunners, the executives in charge of the show won't let it end and keep stretching it out. When should this series have ended? Possibly season two. This is not a show that needs to go on forever. And don't you know when I said the writers did a good job of making the characters smart but still able to make dumb teenager mistakes? Yeah, well throw that comment out the window, go outside, sweep it up, put it in the garbage can, and set it on fire. The levels of stupidity in this season goes beyond all reasoning and writing. Look, the entire season 3 stems around the infamous Cuchillos and how she has these children trying to find her lost love, who of course doesn't want to be found, so that she can essentially kill him. She spends the series sending the crew threatening messages, she slashes their tires, hides their kitchen knives, takes the roller world money, and rolls up on them constantly, if that's not the dumbest premise ever. Would a drug pen really do something this silly? Of course not, but we have to deal with it because this is a comedy drama. I don't think so. These children have no detective skills, and you mean to tell me that her network of criminals can't find this guy, but kids can? At least couldn't she hire them outright and use the roller world money as an incentive? Now, aside from that, there are some many conflicts in this series. The many conflicts involve Caesar's dad returning from jail, where Spooky has to deal with emotionally, Monse dealing with Caesar's infidelity and repairing their relationship, Jamal gets a girlfriend, and Ruby comes to terms with his PTSD and his feelings for Jasmine. Also, a new gang called the 19th Street Gang pops up because the profits are gone and try to redraw the boundaries of the Santos gang territory. I have to say that the many conflicts of this show are what kept me watching. Spooky and Caesar's dad Ray is not only hot as hell, but he brings an adult into an adultless home and gives us as an audience some much needed backstory into the lives of Spooky and Caesar. I have to say my favorite character in this series is Ray. He's tough, jacked, and doesn't take any shit off of those 19th street gangs. He's ready to fold those little boys and put them in their place. The conflicts with the 19th Street Gang spilled over into Jamal's world as they threatened his dad to pay them for protections or they would bust up his diner. This reminds us of the audience just how important Spooky and the Santos Gang is to the community. Now Jamal's dad has to come to Spooky and ask for protection for himself and his business. I honestly am so tired of Caesar and Monse's on and off relationship. In the back of my head, I kind of would welcome them finding other people to be with and starting new relationships. Finding reasons for them to be mad at each other and then reconciling is getting old and tired. Ruby having feelings for Jasmine is great. I never imagined those two getting together, but I wouldn't say the idea was not justified. Jamal's girlfriend, on the other hand, is absolutely weird and gross for kissing him after he had just thrown up but it appears that she genuinely likes him and I'm all good if feelings are mutual. When the writing doesn't focus on Cuchillos and Monse and Caesar, it's actually really good, but I just can't get past all the dumb writing decisions that the writers made. 
Here's a list. Number one, the writer's not utilizing Jasmine's police skills during the Little Ricky investigation. Girl works at the police station, has cadet credentials. You can't tell me she couldn't use her skills in the database to find info on Little Ricky. He was in a gang. I'm sure he has a record on file, right? Her cricket superior would definitely turn a blind eye to her snooping because he also works for Cuchillos. Number two is a doozy. Why in the world of On My Block would you have Monse drunk and kiss Spooky? There is no instance in this show so far that shows Monse has any feelings for Spooky whatsoever. In season one, it was mentioned that Caesar said he smashed Monse to keep Spooky away from Monse, but that would conclude to me as a writer that Spooky would kiss Monse. That would also mean that Spooky has no respect for his brother and his girl, but would also lead to some tension between the three of them. But as they wrote it, Spooky has kept his distance thus far, meaning he is respectful, and Monse has shown no interest in him whatsoever, so it makes absolutely no sense why she would do this. Why wouldn't Spooky give back the Roll Award money once the investigation was over? And no, I am not watching season 4 to find out the reason he decided to keep the money from them. Number 4. Okay, so you know how they live in a gang-infested neighborhood? Why in the world do the writers keep insisting that all four of our main characters keep their hands clean of violence and death? That is completely unrealistic and dumb. At least Caesar comes from a long line of gangbangers. He could be the one to get his hands dirty. If you don't want our main crew to get violent, stop putting them in violent situations and move them all to a different area where that won't be an issue for them. Eventually, someone should get their hands dirty and have an arc coming to terms with it and the crew helping the character deal with the situation. Number 5. Why didn't the show use the ending where Monse went to Mayfield and that the group separates? Not many high school crews last forever and by the end of season 3 they should be preparing for college and living their best lives in the last year of high school. That type of storyline is okay and it makes sense for where they are in the story and their lives. They don't need to be connected at all times. Number 6. Why the writers feel the need to straighten Monse's hair whenever she assimilates into white culture? Why can't she just be who she is in that environment? Why does she have to make people around her feel comfortable by changing her appearance when she can just be who she is and get them used to different people from different cultures? The fact that people in film and in real life do this doesn't allow for growth of other people. The fact that no one is addressing this change is equally awful in my opinion. Every time she returns home, she lets her curls revert back to its natural state. Why? I am going to hate watch season 4 to wrap up everything and see how the writers decided to end it all. I think the season 3 jumped the shark and I'm really disappointed at how this is turning out. Well, this is just my opinion and if you don't agree with me, let me know your thoughts in the comments down below. If you're listening on the podcast, jump over to YouTube and write your thoughts on the series in the comments. See you in the next Bite Size Review.